Hello, and welcome to the Fire Up podcast. We are Simon and Madeline Carrington, founders of Fire Up Ministries. At Fire Up, our mission is to restore marriage and family life in our culture by proclaiming St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. This podcast is a place where we want to deepen our discussions on, on human relationships, marriage, family life, vocations, uh, masculinity and femininity, parenting and many other topics. This podcast is born out of our desire to set the whole world on fire with God's love so that every single person would know they are loved and created for happiness. We are so glad that you have joined us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Fire Up um, Family Interviews. This month, we are blessed to have uh, Bill Donaghy, who is um, an expert in theology of the body and all things beauty. So welcome, Bill. It's great to have you. Good to be with you. Expert is a big word, Maddie. I don't know. I don't know many people, Bill, who can speak so beautifully about beauty and teach it so eloquently as you do. So I would definitely put you in that category, but no pressure. (laughs) Thank you, Maddie. It's great to be with you. Thank you. So um, for those of you who may not have had the privilege of encountering Bill and his teaching, um, Bill is a senior lecturer at the Theology of the Body Institute in um, Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania. Um, And I'm sure some of you who are listening to this have even traveled over um, to the States to do a course, or maybe you're you're already from the States, um, and do a course with Bill um, at the Theology of the Body Institute. And he's a wonderful teacher and evangelizer. He's worked in mission and evangelization and um, education for nearly 25 years. So he brings a wealth of knowledge and experience and wisdom. And um, Bill also has many other um, wonderful accomplishments that I'll put in his his bio, um, but probably I'm sure you'd agree. You'd say, Bill, that your greatest accomplishment is your beautiful wife and your four beautiful children. Absolutely, a thousand percent. That's my school of love, where the Lord is uh, making me a saint and gifting me with so many beautiful things. My wife Rebecca will be married 17 years in just a couple days, oh, in five days, and our four our four beautiful kiddos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And I've had the, the honor of meeting Rebecca and she's such a wonderful, wonderful woman. And uh, many of you may have even seen Bill and Rebecca's talks on some of the um, Catholic conferences that were going around during quarantine and they, they richly blessed um, our marriage um, in many ways. And I'm sure um, if you heard them, they did yours. And if you didn't, I encourage you to, to listen to them because they were so um, raw and vulnerable and so life-giving as well in their in their message. So um, thank you for your witness, Bill, in your marriage, um, but then your work as well. So, um, oh, and I should mention as well, two great programs that Bill has helped um, put together, and I wanna get these right. So the Rise 30 Day Challenge for Men that he um, put together with Chris Stefanik and the Strive 21 um, initiative with Matt Frad. So please check them out too. And um, yeah, we uh, think that they're incredible programs and um, are very, very helpful on the journey. So thank you for being with us, Bill. We are blessed to have you. Today, we are talking about the topic of beauty or the way of beauty. And this may be a new topic for many of you. Um, and it's a topic that 
has changed not only my my faith journey but but my whole outlook on life the way that i see myself the way that i interact in my relationships and just having um this idea of beauty um as something that is capable of drawing us to heaven which is our our ultimate destiny so we're going to unpack that topic today and like i said if this is a totally new topic for you don't um don't run away stick with us and everyone experiences beauty in different ways and at different times so um we hope that we can bring some um inspiration to you and i remember i first met bill back in january 2014 when he gave a two-day training on theology of the body um, I was in, in the States at the time and he ended the two days with um, the way of beauty, this last session on the way of beauty. And it was a totally foreign concept to me, but I just remember being on the edge of my seat, basically mm. drooling over <laughs> the beauty of what he was sharing. Cause I'd never connected um, the attraction that I had to beauty with God. So um, I want to thank you for that bill. And I'm going to, I'm going to, zip my lips and let you speak now um by by starting with you know bill can you can you explain i know it's a big question but explain the relationship between beauty and the theology of the body um how they work together why they work together sure absolutely and i think i think maddie it might be good to step back first and just look at you kind of hinted at it like what is beauty or what is this cultural understanding maybe of what beauty is um, before we really unpack its theological depths, because as you say, it's so rich and so applicable to every human heart. First off, when we every time we say beauty in this interview, it's a capital B, right? When when a word is capitalized, that means literally kaput head. It's got headship, authority, beauty. Capital B beauty is literally synonymous with God. So, however, in the culture, sometimes people hear beauty and it's like. You know, beauty, oh, that, that sunrise, is a, that's a beauty, that's real beauty. Oh, this little baby, oh, what a beauty, a little puppy with a ribbon around its neck. Oh, what a beauty, a little cutie. But beauty and cutie, <laughs> they don't really go together. We're talking about something so massive that, well, Pope Benedict XVI says that beauty is a dart that pierces your heart and opens you up to the eternal. Now, it's not that a baby or a sunrise or something like that can't do that, but in the culture, sometimes we think it's sort of ornamental. Well, that's nice. Like it's, a beauty is something cute, but it's much bigger, much broader. So when we talk about beauty in this interview, we're talking about something literally that the Lord uses to almost like, like it's the gobsmack across the face. It's the stop, look, look up. Your redemption is near at hand. Mm. And it might be the smallest thing, and you know, flower coming out of the crack of a sidewalk. Sometimes things like that can pierce us, and we want everybody, Maddie, you're an apostle of beauty. I know you are. I want to be an apostle of beauty. We want everybody tuning in to stop and look and, and recognize that every visible thing can be, with the eyes to see it, a sort of stepping stone to the divine. So back to your question, what does beauty have to do with theology of the body? Um, theology of the body... I'm sure your listeners are familiar with it because you're such an apostle of the TOB. Theology of the body is this incarnate understanding that the Lord speaks through the material world, that everything I just talked about and every other thing that we encounter through our senses 
has a theological import. Like there's, it's a viaduct or channel through which the Lord is flying at us through what we see, smell, taste, touch. So the theology of the body tells us that we are literal conduits or even like receptors for God in our flesh, which is so amazing. I can literally, with the eyes of a mystic, right? I can take a sip of this cold water and with eyes to see, I can encounter baptismal power, grace, like this water the Lord made. It isn't just, you know, hydrogen plus oxygen. Believers recognize that, no, it's not these two separate things that we stick together. It's water. It flows. It's clean. It's refreshing. It's literally life-giving. Therefore, it is beautiful. So theology of the body and beauty, it's like, Theology of the body is beauty. Beauty is understanding the theology of our bodies. And I'm, I'm going to stop because I'll riff off of every question you ask me, Maddie, for like 20 minutes. I'm sorry. But um, knowing theology of the body is knowing beauty itself. Pope John Paul II often said that it's, you know, we encounter fairest love. Love is fair. Love is beautiful. Reality itself is beautiful. So I'm so excited to talk with you about this topic, and it might take us three hours, Maddie, I'm being honest right now. <laughs> Simon's going to have to hold that baby boy for a long time. Yeah. Um, if we understand this, that the theology of the body and beauty are so intermingled, it, this is the joy of the gospel that Pope Francis wants to unleash on the world. This is what Pope Benedict again called the dart that pierces our hearts. This is the redemption of our bodies that John Paul II talks about. Beauty has been central for the last three popes. And last thing before your, your next question, because <laughs> you said the way of beauty that I closed with during that training, right? You said, what is this? The way of beauty. Your listeners might not even know this, but in 2006, the Vatican put out a beautiful plenary document, literally called the way of beauty. And the Latin for it sounds a little clunky, but it's the via pulchritudinis. Pulchritudinis, of course, referring to beauty, doesn't sound so beautiful, but listen to this. And then I promise I'll stop for the next question. This Vatican document available online at the Vatican website says, the way of beauty replies to the intimate desire for happiness that resides in the heart of every person. That's one sentence that, that all of a sudden evangelizes, speaks to everybody. Opening infinite horizons, the way of beauty prompts the human person to push outside of himself from the routine of the ephemeral passing instant, right? The rut that we all get in sometimes in daily life to the transcendent and mystery. And both of those words are capitalized, transcendent and mystery. And seek as the final goal of the ultimate quest for well-being and total nostalgia, the original beauty that's God himself, creator of all created beauty. So man, the way of beauty is a journey. It's a path. Some of us are awake to it, and when we're awake to it, we're intoxicated by it, and we see it everywhere. Mm. Everywhere. It's so exciting. That's, yeah, it's beautiful. I almost started tearing up there already, Bill. Uh, just this stuff is, it does, it pierces the heart. Um, mm -hmm. It's powerful. And that sort of, you, you led so beautifully into what I want to ask you next, and that is about transcendentals, you know, and the church has has put out that there are three transcendentals, truth, beauty, and goodness, and that the three are intertwined. So I guess um, I want to ask if you could explain a transcendental a little more to our listeners and then 
how beauty is a transcendental and then maybe how the three work together because I could see you touching on that. Um, yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, there, it's actually kind of amazing. The idea of a transcendental, so of course the root, they transcend, it's something sublime that pulls us out of ourselves. It's sort of a, things that are transcendental only appeal to the human heart, by the way, right? Like we're the only creature in the universe that can see something and see through it like, whoa, this means something. This has symbolic power and meaning. It's potent. Um, so, but the transcendentals, they actually go way back to the ancient Greeks. The ancient Greeks had this idea that there was these divine attributes in the world. Truth, beauty, and goodness are the big three, but there's also actually unity, love, being. Being is often referred to as a transcendental. So, you know, Think of those words. Those words aren't exactly incarnate, huggable, touchable words, right? Truth, beauty, goodness, unity, being. But, but they come to us. Transcendentals are experienced by us, and they're wrapped. They're sort of gift wrapped by God, in things, in people, in creatures. Meaning every animal, plant, rock, waterfall, tree, sunrise, everything. So we encounter transcendentals in the world. The big three, as you said, are truth, beauty, and goodness. I love that they're the big three because we think as Catholics in a Trinitarian way, right? It's three is the magic number, right? So they sort of, truth, beauty, and goodness, they kind of all move together. Von Balthasar talks about they're like three sisters, right? And you can never separate the three sisters without like one of them wreaking havoc on you. You know, something bad happens if you try to rip them apart. Now, um, true. so let's pause right there. If you're only living the life of the apologetics, you know, like it's just truth, truth, truth. Think about this in your experience for your listeners, right? Think about this. If you encounter somebody who's always just hardcore truth, we've got the truth, we've got to share the truth, we've got, they need to know the truth, truth, truth. Sometimes that can come down heavy and hard on somebody's heart, right? But it's the truth, truth, truth. If it's not commingled with the beautiful, Truth can be very edgy. It can be um, almost, it's pure objective without the subjective heart receiving something. And so it's like shoving religion down someone's face, you know, down their throat rather. But um, so that could be bad. Now, the other extreme would be beauty devoid of truth. That can become, you know, kind of fluffy and just like, it's all about my feelings and that's your truth and that's my truth because this is how I experience it. So beauty and truth and goodness we'll get to, they always move together. They're like this constellation, inseparable. I think that's really important. We encounter these three things um, in the church teaching, right? When you, you encounter certain church teachings, you, you read the Catechism of the Catholic Church, for instance. I invite every listener right now, read the first few paragraphs of the opening prologue of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's about our longing for the infinite, and you are immediately pierced by something beautiful which is true, and it's true, therefore it's beautiful. And because it's those two, it is good, and you want more of it. So the transcendentals are things we, 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 we take into ourselves and they pull us out of ourselves. The transcendentals are so important. And a final word on that question, uh, and I forget you had a couple of other questions tagged to it, but everybody kind of responds to one of the transcendentals maybe a little more than another, that's not bad. It's actually kind of amazing because each of us is a unique, unrepeatable human being. And so uh, 
because they're all connected, we always get to God and we always get all three. My whole life, um, and Maddie, I, I suspect that your transcendental is beauty as well. My whole life since I was a 10-year-old kid, I know it was, it's been beauty. It's been beauty. And my word has always been wonder. I, I don't know why, but that's the way the Lord shaped me. So that beauty for me is always what leads. And then it draws me into wanting to know the truth more. My wife, Rebecca, who um, I agree, she's a fantastic human being. <laughs> Rebecca, for her, goodness is her transcendental. She has always, always been moved by goodness and the good. It led her to become a missionary, which led her to Philadelphia from New York, which then led us to connect and meet. So beauty and goodness met <laughs> outside of a dumpster at a homeless shelter. It was pretty awesome. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So I want to uh, invite everybody to think about, okay, what, what am I drawn by more? Is it truth, beauty, or goodness? Again, you, you get all three. It's a package deal. But we can right now start living this sort of transcendental spirituality. We can start looking like, Lord, what is beautiful around me right now? Lord, where is this truth and this goodness? Help me to appreciate it. It's very, very important. It's, it's also wide and deep because everybody's made for truth, beauty, and goodness. Mm. Okay, pause button. <laughs> Oh no, that yeah, no, that's that's incredible. And if I can if I can just jump in and share a little bit there, Bill. Um, mm -hmm. you know, if you're listening to this and everything we've said so far is just whoosh, let's let's like let's press in deeper because this really is a journey and for many people they're they um just yeah, you've never thought about this before, as you were saying, Bill. And if I can share um our experience, so Simon and I did the Bill's course, The Way of Beauty. Um, back in May 2017 and for anyone who knows Simon he is that headstrong apologetics I want to, I want the truth I want to understand how how this works and the first session Bill you you um, put out this beautiful image and you, were, you said you know this week it was a whole five full days of being immersed in the way of beauty and my goodness if I could do it again or do it every year I would um, and I just, it was, it was incredible, but you said like, you've got to just let this kind of wash over you and just not, um, not, not, don't wrestle with it. Just let the beauty, the torrent of beauty wash over you is what you said. Yes. 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 Like I, I mean, I was, you know, <laughs> I was able to do that and just, you know, things that you were sharing hit me. Some didn't because, you know, it was your, your experience of beauty and, it was just, you know, a phenomenal week of being drawn deeper into this. But, and Simon won't mind me sharing this because he's even, he's even shared it with you, Bill. Simon, yes, sat, yes, there, yes. Simon sat there the whole week, um, pretty, pretty hard as a rock going, I don't understand. I don't understand. And I'm whispering, you're not supposed to understand. You're just supposed to let it wash over, you know. But all week he was, he was, he was battling. Yeah. You know, he mm -hmm. says to this day, he was like, I sat there and I'm watching people, you know, weeping and and crying over you know being touched by different things and i i wasn't nothing was hitting me mm. and then my goodness has he been on a journey because the months that unfolded coming home i said just just sit with this stuff before the lord and now he probably is more attracted to beauty than i am because you know, i remember it was only a few months later we were we were on our honeymoon in europe and we were walking in, in um, one of these streets in the in um, or the main city in Malta and I'm walking, walking and I turn around and Simon is 
like three streets behind me, <laughs> stopping his tracks at this um, musician, this you know person busting on the side of the street playing this beautiful. I don't even know. I think it was a cello or something, but. Wow. Simon was struck in his tracks, you know, and like at this beauty, and he's crying. And I'm like, what happened to the, <laughs> you know? So like sometimes we have to really put ourselves in this disposition to receive beauty. Um, and Bill, just to finish there, sorry on my little, little. No, I love it. It's perfect. perfect. But, you know, like you have to be still and not wrestle with beauty. Like don't. Let it wash over you. And, and the image that has always burned in my brain um, of how to do that is a beautiful painting that you showed us, Bill, in the course by Vermeer of Mary and Martha. Yes, yes. And just being Mary at the foot of the Lord, not yes. you know, getting caught up in busyness and noise, but being mm. still and just waiting to receive this beauty yeah. that God wants to give us. So sorry, I'm. I went on. Manny, this, this is perfect. I, if we could um, open that up a little bit, and I'm actually going to shut my shades because I'm getting like a blinding. <laughs> the sun it's is beautiful. Afternoon sun, yeah. <laughs> so what you just said is actually super important, and it's really great that you mentioned it now because otherwise there could be listeners who are like, "I, why are you so excited about this? What are you talking yeah. about?" <laughs> um, so <clears throat> at the heart of 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 the way of beauty is this idea, not of us working really hard to get something or um, effort on our part or a lot of intellectual digging, which the ancients would call um, ratio. And I know we opened this up in the course, right? This idea of ratio, that this is my work, my effort, my digging. Ratio, translated as reason, is very important. Fun, found, uh, fundamental to the way of beauty is intellectus, which is this concept of I'm gonna let this, as you said, wash over me. I'm gonna receive this. That posture is essential to getting beauty. And again, not, it's like I say getting, it's all receiving. So beauty comes to us as pure gift. And when we're in the posture of receptivity, it's a very Marian posture. It's like our lady, visualize our lady here. We are not so much doing all the work we are letting it be done unto us. And there's a good Catholic phrase, right? Let it be done unto me according to your word. Now, so, so this is really supposed to be the primordial move. This is the first step um, that I allow him to, you know, he's the, <laughs> he's the first mover. God is the one who, he's the primary mover. God is love in his identity. That's a radiant power. In my deepest identity, I am loved. So every human being, every man and woman is first supposed to just drink and receive. And so, but this is hard. Let's put it out there, right? This is challenging. Simon was challenged by it. There's part, part, you know, parts of me and in my own life and walk where I get challenged by it because I think like I got to do something. Our culture, Pope Benedict calls it the Western activist principle that is dominating our culture. And it's like achieving, planning, working, analyzing, doing. Pope John Paul II called this out in the year 2000. He wrote a beautiful letter called Novo Millennio. And in it, he said, you know, everybody's got programs and plans for the new millennium, but he says we have to resist the temptation of doing before we are being. And that's when he brings up Martha and Mary. The Lord says, you're anxious, Martha, about many things. One thing is needful. And for our brains, our modern brains, it's like, 
yeah, but, but I got to check all these emails and I got to build this apostle in this ministry. and I've got to do these things and I get, <laughs> it's like, actually, do you? Because I love you. And at the end of the world, like it's love. I, you know, but look at my LinkedIn profile. Look at all the amazing, uh, you know, so this is the work for anybody, you know, tuning in the way of beauty. We're going to feel guilty. People are going to feel guilty for a while. Like I'm just supposed to receive all this wonder. Yes. And then it's going to activate something in you that will create fruitful production, fruitful apostles and activity. And you're seeing that, Maddie. You and Simon have been so receptive to the Lord, and now you're creating this great work. It comes first from receiving, though. And that's, and that's your openness to, to beauty. This is a lifelong. I'm on the journey. We're all on the journey. This is a lifelong thing. But I'm pumped. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, me too. Where is the journey? Where is all this beauty? leading us to you know bill what is that quote at the bottom of your email oh my goodness oh man it's a c.s lewis quote that i absolutely love stand by because i don't want to misquote it yeah i i don't want to <laughs> but it, every time i read it i'm like oh yeah, that, that's it, it. that's it, it yeah it, it is it and that's why it's at the bottom of every one of my emails <laughs> yeah. c.s lewis it comes from c.s lewis's book till we have faces which is his revisioning of the, the myth of Cupid and Psyche. So it's like, a, it's like a story. It's a narrative story of the ancient myth. So he said, the sweetest thing in all my life has been the longing to find the place where all the beauty came from. Mm. Dang, right? I mean, that's, yeah. And what do we get in this world? Foreshadowings, glimmers, little whispers, you know, a little, a little sea breeze that comes in. And, and it's funny, like it strikes us in the craziest moments. You could be driving your car, you hear a piece of music that you don't even know yet. And you're like, whoa, what is happening? Or I, I have been in places where I catch a fragrance of something and that it takes me back into childhood. And, but it's also taking me somewhere else. And I'm, again, it's Pope Benedict's idea of the dart piercing us like the Lord's madly in love with us and every visible sign and scent and fragrance, every sound is always at this curling finger inviting us back home to him. Right. Oh my gosh. What is heaven going to be like, Maddie? It's going to be insane. A beauty party. <laughs> beauty orama beauty fest for all eternity. And I, I feel like this is what's beautiful about the way of beauty is that the, you know, there's rich Catholic teaching and dogma here, beautiful Vatican documents, the Holy Fathers, the saints and mystics, but you, you find it everywhere. I remember in high school, I was reading, we were reading the Romantic poets, uh, the British Romantic poets, and we were looking at William Wordsworth, who's this phenomenal Romantic poet. You know, he's not Catholic, I, whatever, but he wrote a line that still haunts me to this day. He, at the end of one of these beautiful poems, he said, to me, the meanest flower that blows can give thoughts that do often lie too deep for tears. Mm. I'm gonna say that again, Maddie. To me, the meanest flower that blows, right? The humblest little dandelion, this little thing in the crack in the sidewalk, gives thoughts that often lie too deep for tears. It's amazing, it's, it's everywhere if we're attentive to it. And I think that's why the saints and mystics, people looked at them like, why are you, what is wrong with you? Why are you so happy? Why does nothing seem to get you down? It's because I can see, even in the cracks, even in the broken bits, he's doing something. Mm. He's so beauty, yeah, beauty, beauty, beauty is even found in brokenness. That's the thing. 
it's we're not talking about puppies with ribbons around their neck and roses and that's it what about the ugly well i have you know here's something that's actually the most ugly thing in the universe and also the most beautiful thing in the universe right so we're if somebody's listening and saying, wow, you know, well, I don't know, it sounds really frilly. Oh, it's reality, which is beautiful and still broken. And that even makes it more beautiful. <laughs> At this point, I think I'm rambling because um, you, it's all your fault. Maddie. No, no, but it's like, it's, just, <laughs> it's it almost, it does. It, it's when you really penetrate the depths of beauty, it just leaves you speechless. It's just like, oh, just that kind of longing is expanded you know, and, you know, perhaps, you know, if you're listening to this, you have had an experience like that of, you know, seeing a sunset or, you know, I remember for me, one of the most profoundest moments of my life was after um, World Youth Day in Rio in 2013, we went to Iguazu Falls and it's one of the most beautiful waterfalls in the world. And I was just completely awestruck by the beauty of, of that, you know, creation. And, you know, I remember saying in my heart, like, like it, the, the thundering waterfalls were just so majestic and it was just so perfect and picturesque because there was a beautiful rainbow above this, wow. the, this, the mist coming off. And it was just the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. And I remember saying like, Lord, you are so beautiful. Like your creation, what you have created for us mm. is so beautiful. And I remember hearing, you know, didn't hear God speak, but I heard in the depths of my heart, like, you think this is beautiful. This is nothing compared to you, you know? Oh, and like the wow. human person is the pinnacle of creation, is is the most beautiful thing. And we can, you know, I mean, I speak for men and women here. We doubt our beauty and our worth in God's eyes all the time. But mm. he is trying to, he's created this beautiful world for us and he wants us to, you know, it's like, I almost feel like every beautiful thing, God is like slapping us in the face going, do you get it yet? Like, do you get that I have made yeah. it for you and you are more beautiful than yeah. all this, you know? And Dang. another thing, if I can just share, and then we can, you know, mm -hmm. bounce, bounce, um, bounce off this bill maybe, is I remember being about five or six years old and I grew mm -hmm. up going to, um, the the beach every every summer holidays and um, we'd spend a few days there and I can remember being about five or six and sitting on the beach and looking out at the ocean and in my five five year old heart I remember saying there has to be a god wow because the beauty and still I'm so drawn to the ocean and you know Moana really spoke to my oh, heart <laughs> what a movie killer movie. oh my gosh Seriously, it's crazy. That's one of my top 10 favorite movies. Oh, yeah. Time. If me and Simon needs some inspiration, we just flick on Moana. It's so beautiful. Um, I yeah. love how that, that, that beauty led you to truth. Do you see, yeah. like, that's, we, we can't fear beauty or fear, or fear that beauty is just like this extra supplemental thing that I don't really, I need the truth. No, don't do that. Because if you open to beauty, it will lead you to truth. The yeah. truth that God is real for you. Yeah. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was, yeah, ready. I want to hear what you have to say. Well, no, see, I, that's the thought because, you know, there's, there's a great story from Pope Benedict who, um, and I really think Pope Benedict's transcendental was beauty. Mm. When you read his works, absolutely. He was at a concert, I think it was Bach or something they were playing, and he was with another religious leader who was a Lutheran, I believe, 
And Pope Benedict talks about how the, the, this Lutheran and Pope Benedict, I guess he was Cardinal Ratzinger at the time, they were sitting there in this concert and they were just listening to the music of Bach wash over them. And he said, when it concluded, we turned to each other and we said, how can they not know the faith is true? Mm. Like it, that was their immediate, they both said the same thing, like the faith it's true because of beauty. So the more we allow ourselves to be docile and create, and I think we'll get to this question, but create opportunities and occasions to receive the beautiful, the more we will fall in love with the true, right? And we will life, lead a life that is good. It's just, it's just so rich. Like it, the, the soil there of our souls becomes so rich. It's like beauty is the flower of truth, you know, coming out of the soil that's goodness. I should draw a graphic for that. The good earth, right? And then the, the truth shooting up and the blossom is beauty. It's all connected. And that's why we get moved when we see things that are beautiful. Like, I don't know why, you know, you just do a double take, like, wow, wow. Or you, again, hear something or taste something, you're just, this is good. Because we're incarnate beings. That's theology of the body. This is all under the umbrella of theology of the body, mm -hmm. which is being human, being a human person. Nothing else in the universe experiences this, comes in contact with God this way. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. What a gift to be human, right? Oh, amen. And it's yeah. everywhere, you know, it's, it's the language of God's creation. And, you know, mm -hmm. every morning when the sun rises, it's an opportunity to remember hope because it's God stamping into creation this message that his son rose. Mm -hmm. You know, every oh, morning he reminds us. Like, it's just, it's there for us. It's just, are we, do we have our beauty goggles on kind of thing? Like, are we... Right. Are we in tune? Are we picking up these signals that God is sending us? And what you just said is poetic, right? You just said how the sun rises every morning and reminds us of the sun who rose. That's poetic. But again, we don't want to like take that and say, well, that belongs on like a Hallmark greeting card or something. That's really nice with glitter around it. <laughs> no, that, that poetry is reality. Yeah. Like there, there's a line in scripture, um, that we are God's poema, the Greek, the Greek word, I believe. Poem, we are his poema. That's been translated as like handiwork or the work of an artisan. But it's also been translated as poetry. Like we are God's poetry. Because mm. we're the only ones who kind of can translate. You know? It's, what a, I just feel so humbled by it. So humbled to be the one who can translate. You know, who can receive and translate this. And say thank you, God. Wow, Bill, what a what a gift! There's um, I feel like yeah, we we could definitely spend a few more hours on this, um, <laughs> but I do I do want to be respectful of your time. So we just got a couple more questions to sort of bring all this together sure. for you. Um, so we've sort of touched on beauty having like this evangelizing power to draw us in, and Bishop Barron, um, Bishop Robert Barron, is renowned for his um. Yeah, just his love of beauty and the way that he explains it. And he actually says, like, that in evangelizing, we should lead with beauty. And you touched on that before, Bill, but, you know, can, you know, just, you know, how do we bring beauty to others once we've received and encountered it? Yes, yes. It's a great question. The evangelizing power of beauty, right? I think you just said something that's super important. We have to receive it first. We have to become trained in, so to speak, although that sounds too worky. <laughs> we have to allow ourselves to be overwhelmed 
And then the radiant love that comes out of us is going to be so attractive to others. We can't say, well, here's a tool. Oh, I'll use that way of beauty of material. Yeah, let me look up that website and I'll use that so I can win souls for Christ. Don't do that. It's going to speak for itself. So I think here's a challenge, Maddie, for, for our listeners, for myself, yourself. Beauty is wide and deep. And I think as a, as a Catholic today, we have to, and I want to be sensitive to this, widen our uh, palette or broaden our palette here. There is so much beauty out there. You mentioned Moana, right? Here's a Pixar movie. Um, there's, there's artists, musicians, sculptors, painters, poets, dancers, filmmakers who maybe they're not you know catholic but man they are producing things they're tapping into beauty Mm -hmm. right and so i think as catholics it's really important for us to to really you know paul saint paul talks about test everything and hold on to what is good i would say the same test everything taste everything and hold on to what is beautiful and you know fill your house with things that are beautiful uh, we have religious icons and the crucifixes and a holy water font in our home. You know, we have statues. But there's also things that are just, you know, maybe it's a landscape. Maybe it's a piece of music that we play in the house that is just phenomenal. The way it just digs into the ache. Uh, you know, coffee table books of Yosemite National Park or paintings from the Louvre. Really like, you know, poetry of Emily Dickinson. Just find what moves you. Find what just um, has what's true, good, beautiful. St. Paul talks about that as well, right? Whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, think about these things. And so our homes, our spaces, even our work, I would say our workplaces should be filled with what's beautiful. And when we do that, we're, we're allowing our own hearts to expand. And then we can actually enter into a conversation with anybody. Here's Pope Benedict sitting with a Lutheran pastor sharing beauty. You can do that with an agnostic you can do this with an atheist. So don't cap it off. You know, Bono from U2 is famous for talking about, right? We don't, he, they used to be a Christian band, U2, in the beginning. But then he started feeling like, why are we, yeah, they were in a Christian band. They used to do tent revivals outside of Dublin. But Bono had the sense of like, why are we, why does it have to be Christian music? Why, you know, he says, it's not like there's a tree and you have to put a, a sticker on the tree that says made by God, you know, and this, this little run, running river made by God. It just is. Of course it's made by God, but you don't have to put a sticker on it. So to evangelize through beauty is us just recognizing everywhere what's beautiful. And maybe sometimes it seems a little mixed with a shadow or there's a real redemptive struggle in it in this artist's work or in this film. You know, it's not perfect. But again, and you have to be, of course, prudent and, and, and prayerful. But man, God is speaking through everything. Look at the beautiful mess that Jesus stepped into the people's lives, the tax collectors, the sin addicts, the prostitutes, they were in a mess, but they were thirsting and aching for the beauty. And that's who Jesus hung out with the most. He loved being with them because he was like, at least here someone is thirsting for this beauty and they maybe got lost in it, but I can talk to them. Whereas Jesus picked on the Pharisees the most who had it all boxed and cut out and this is this. So I think, I think it means for us kind of wading into these deep waters a little bit more so we can enter into conversations, but it's not work. It's like a sharing. Pope Francis talks about art of accompaniment, walk with people, feel their hearts, tenderness. It's, it's a challenge, isn't it? 
Yeah. It means I got to let go of certain things, you know, like I might not wrap this conversation up in a little bow and it's all done and neat. And there's your catechism quote. And here's your TOB quote. It might just be like, wow, thanks for listening to me. Nobody's ever listened to me. Nobody's ever looked me in the eyes like that before. You just did evangelization. Yeah, that's powerful. And it's almost like from what you were saying, it's like people can best receive and encounter beauty when they're in touch with their need for it or their, their desire for it. Yeah. yeah that's or, a really good point, which, which is a posture of, it's not like shoving down, like I have to make sure I say this or do this, or you need to get to mass. Yes, of course, eventually, but right now, maybe they just need you to be with them mm. and share something beautiful with them. Yeah, so a lot of vulnerability, right? Lots of vulnerability here and letting go and letting the Lord kind of fill in the cracks rather than us feeling like, you know, we have to do it. Mm. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Yeah, and we've sort of, we've bounced in between this, like receiving beauty for yourself and then sharing it. Um, but I just think it's important to highlight that like, this is a lifelong journey. You know, you never, like Bill, I'm sure you wouldn't say you're at the point where you get beauty. You know, it's like this constant journey of receiving and new, new insights and finding new ways the Lord is, you know, even I've heard, you know, the term like God is wooing you with this beauty. He's trying to draw him to yourself. He's using it as a point of attraction. And mm. the only place where we are going to attain beauty is, is heaven, you know, or be fulfilled completely by beauty. And that's why it's called the, the beatific vision, vision, like, you know, the, the beautiful vision that we will behold will be the, the face of God. And it's just, this is what it's all about. It is. Um, and I feel like, Bill, you've, you've answered the final question there already so well, but if there's something else that you want to add, I just wanted to sort of leave sure. our listeners with this question of, you know, how would, how would you, Bill, encourage someone to encounter beauty if this is a really new thing? Like, do you go yeah. off into the wilderness for, you know, three weeks and <laughs> see how God's, yeah. it's not a bad idea, is it? <laughs> it's not. Yeah. 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 How, it's a great, great question. It's a practical question. It's important to get to, you know, we've dwelt a lot on the ideal. We have to move into the, the very real, which for many might, might be very dysfunctional or feel like I don't even know how to access that stuff mm. or I'm a busy mom or dad or I'm working. So, uh, you know, I've got lots of thoughts, but we got a couple minutes here. This is my own personal experience. Right. And I am, again, I am a, I'm a, a man on the journey too. I'm walking through this, but we are living. So, so the Lord speaks to us through, through the material world. We talked about that. Um, Genesis begins in a garden full of, hear this the right way, right? Sensual delights, things we can see, smell, taste, touch, hear. And so we're living, however, in a culture right now, I mean, the quarantine, the face masks, the isolation that's been going on for months on a global scale has really become a, almost like a contraceptive. I understand we have to protect ourselves from this, this virus, which is real, but there's also a climate of fear that's been created, a real palpable climate of fear. And so uh, we, we have that visible sign of masks and quarantine and isolation and six feet away. Prior to that, we've been, and you know how I talk about this a lot, these gadgets and this technology that we, is amazing. We've been, we've been social distancing for a long time before social distancing. Amen, sister. Like we've been doing it already. I would suggest in a practical way, 
try to each day live a little more unplugged. Okay, because if the Lord is speaking through the material world, through every sight, smell, taste, touch of those, this very incarnate world and our bodies, if he's coming to us this way, this God of beauty, then you don't want to throw this up. You don't want to, like, this is your alarm clock. You roll out of bed. You're instantly checking your Twitter feed or Facebook or emails. And so instantly your day begins disincarnate. Get up, take a deep breath. What's the weather of the day? Make that cup of coffee or tea, whatever you drink. Smell it, taste it, greet the people around you. Um, try to just have a tangible experience of the day. We, we can so often encase ourselves in glass and steel and air conditioned rooms and cars and offices and spend a whole day touching screens, which again has its, you know, there's efficiency, there's work to be done. But beauty is very different than all that. And so practically, how can we start living this way of beauty? Be present to the 12 feet around you, right? Like what's around me right now? And deep breaths, right? Deep breaths and just, okay, here I am in this world and what's going on is important and the social media feeds and the news, okay, that's important, but I'm alive, wow. And here you are. Wow. Hello, friend. Right? It's like St. Francis of Assisi who would greet the sun, brother sun, sister bird, sister moon. Everything was relational to him. So I think practically we can start doing this today. Live a little bit more unplugged. Get to it when you need to. But, but taste and see that the Lord is good. That's from scripture. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And uh, there's another line from scripture I love. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. Okay, find, find who? Who's going to open? Well, the Lord. Where? Where do I knock? Where do I seek? Everywhere. You're going to hang up this call and you're going to go see Simon, your beloved husband, and you're going to pick up Joseph. And hopefully you will burst into tears, Maddie. <laughs> because, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Here is love. And whoever's tuning in, whatever your configuration you're in right now, there's some opportunity where the Lord is saying, I am crazy about you, and I gave you this today. And I don't want you to miss it. Right? So maybe put your phone down for, give me a minute. Right? <laughs> That's what I'm working on. Yeah. Man, this stuff, this stuff has the power to launch us to heaven. It does. Yes. It's atomic. Every it really day. is nuclear. <laughs> Every day. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's never boring. Those who are on the path, on this way of beauty, which is Catholicism, by the way, which is faith, it is never boring. Ever. Mm. And creating opportunities to encounter beauty, too, would you say is important, Bill? Like, you yes. Know, like yes. Apart, experiencing nature. Launch to the wilderness. Take a hike. Go for a walk. Learn how to bird watch. Identify insects, mushrooms. <laughs> get, lost, get lost in something that... that speaks to you go to a museum art museums i never go to an art museum in my life since i was in high school go back not because you have to but because you want to go and taste and see this rich patrimony of art like just do it listen to classical music well i don't i've never listened to classical music try it you might fall in love yeah so yeah never boring always exciting yeah always exciting and just quickly i've got this, this thought popped into my mind. Bill, have you seen the film Amazing Grace about William Wilberforce? 
Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Powerful. And there's this scene that just came to my mind where, you know, he's got this promising political career. He's, you know, he's, he's just, you know, got so much work to do to, to um, advance to, you know, in, in, in the, um, in politics and everything. Yeah. He kind of finds God in, in, um, in, he finds God and he's contemplating his wonder and his beauty in nature. And, you know, his friend says, you know, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm, I'm, I, I should be doing all these million things, but I, I just can't, I'm fixated on the beauty of this spider web that yes. you know, God has yes. made. And it's just like, that's like really at the end of the day is all of those things that he had to do in his office really as important as, you mm. know, contemplating God's wonder um, yes. in not, I'm not just saying nature, but in, in so many things, you know, and, yes. and, you know, and look, I'm, I'm not going to open this now because it would be another whole, you know, <laughs> three hours, but I just want to invite our listeners to maybe take this conversation and contemplate the Eucharist in all of this. Yes. You know? <laughs> like, no, now you open the door, Maddie. No, we don't have much time, for you, but you know, like, just like bring all this, don't let it stop with the flower, you know. Yeah. That's or, a signpost that pointing yeah. to the Eucharist. Yeah. Like, okay, it... final quote then. St. <laughs> John Paul II said that the Eucharist is the source and summit, right, of evangelization. And he says, it is the heart of the world and the deepest desire of every man and woman, though they may know it not because it's the place where the invisible and divine meets the visible and material. And so, yeah, all these little things, these little teaser trailers and little foretastes and appetizers that we see in the flower, the rose, the baby, the music, the art, it's all like funneling in. Then you're like, oh, there you are. Okay, final, final quote, Bishop Fulton Sheen. He said, uh, the greatest love story ever told is contained in a tiny white host. Now I'm going to burst into tears because that's it. That's it. It should make us so hungry for him. And he's the eye of the storm. He's the center of the universe and of human history. And he's right there. He made himself visible, touchable, tasteable. We need to, we need to cancel right now. I need to go make a holy hour, Maddie. I know. <laughs> that's I mean, ridiculous. But, but that's it. It's like all this beauty is drawing us to heaven and then beauty comes down from heaven in the Eucharist for us. Right. You know? And if we miss that, what are we doing? Yes, it's the ultimate funnel. It is the divine funnel that the Lord has created to get us right there. And we pass through that door. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, you cannot have life within you. Like we pass through that door and then pff, the expanse and life becomes Eucharistic. Everything has become Eucharistic. Wow. Oh, Bill, what a, what a blessing to have you to, to discuss this with. And I only pray that everyone who has listened to this has had half of the, the impact and the joy that I've received from, from just talking about this and, and, you know, just being renewed in this teaching is just so life-giving. So, um, yeah, I just, just a word of encouragement. If anything struck you or nothing struck you, you know, take heart, fear not, just keep persevering on the journey and saying, Lord, you know, how are you revealing your beauty to me today? And that simple prayer, and he will not leave you unanswered. Um, Maddie, thanks for the opportunity, Maddie. Um, you know, and this is the thing. I'm also rekindled, uh, excited anew every time. And that's the beauty. Conversation about these transcendentals is so good. 
And to throw out to your, to your viewers, your members, membership here, I will be teaching the Way of Beauty course again in uh, January of 2021, so just a few months away. Details aren't up yet of the week, but it's a massive commitment to come across the sea if you're in Australia or whoever's tuning in. But um, gosh, I mean, I'm so humbled as a guide teaching the course. It's life-changing. It really, really yeah. Five days and just be, yeah. So check out tobinstitute.org for that. I'm sure you'll share that link. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and Bill, if our listeners want more or want to want to um, follow you at all without being too distracted from their phones and social media, <laughs> yeah. um, where can they find you? Yes, that's funny because um, yeah. So at Bill Donahue on any social media platform, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. But I will say I have been dry as a bone since January 1st of this year. I jumped off. I really haven't been on social media, but there's years worth of old posts on beauty, truth and goodness, but I've really taken to heart like the invitation to be present, but you can certainly find me on those, those platforms. Yeah. Well, it's been a joy, Bill, and we're so grateful that um, you're able to share all of that with us. So God bless you and your, um, your beautiful family. And hopefully um, I will be able to see you in the flesh one day soon when we're able to come yeah. over for some more courses when our awesome. borders open up. That's right. Yes, ours too. Thanks so much, Maddie. God bless you and the family. God bless. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you would like ongoing formation from Fire Up Ministries, I would love to invite you to be a part of the Fire Up family. Please visit our website at, at, at www.fireupministries.com for more information. For just $1 a day, you can have exclusive access to the content that we create just for our family members. We cover five key areas, singleness and vocation, dating and marriage preparation, marriage enrichment, parenting purity to your children and sexual apologetics. Each month we release new videos, prayer resources inspired by the theology of the body and give you access to a private portal to answer your questions. The Fire Up family is an online community of passionate people who are dedicated to being disciples of the teaching of Theology of the Body and working on allowing this teaching to transform their life. For just $30 a month, you can join us. We would love to welcome you to the family. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. God bless. God bless. bless.